Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Right, I'm going to start off in, in Revelation and we're just going to go over the flow. So this is Revelation 21 and verse 6. And Chris, you can stick these verses up if you want it on the screen. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. And I'm going to skip to uh, chapter 22 as well. It says, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And Jesus, in the book of Revelation, is just calling us. He's calling us deeper. So back in 21, verse 6 and 7, it says, um, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. God is, is enabling us and calling us and inviting us to receive from him. Now, what I've got to talk about today is all about receiving from him. It's about giving, but it's also about receiving. And basically, a couple of weeks ago, um, early in the morning, I can't remember what day it was, but it was about four in the morning, I just, God just kind of just, just woke me up. I was just awake, and I felt God saying, you know, just come downstairs and pray. And I began to just listen to him, just hear what he had to say. And do you know what? A lot of the time... My best revelation, the best stuff I hear from God, it always comes in the night for some reason. Like, I'm talking about one, two in the morning, in the middle of the night. Um, maybe it's because it's so quiet in my house at that time, and every other time it's probably not, uh, <laughs> because of our children. And they're up at like six in the morning. Um, so anyway, God just began to speak to me, and just to unpack some stuff. And he used, and we can flick here to Isaiah 54, Right at the beginning, verse 2 and 3, he started speaking to me from this scripture. And this is a scripture we've heard from the vision um, night or day, I think it was, that we had at the beginning of the year. And Pastor Clive talked about this. But God began to unpack it and just give me some, some clear instructions from this scripture. So verse 2 and 3, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And that's a scripture that's just talking about growth, expansion, moving forward, taking ground. Just, it's about growth. And I believe God was saying it's about our personal growth, and it's also about corporately as a church. It's about us growing and moving forward as a body as well here in Crawley. And he really highlighted to me the, the bit in there that talks about strengthening your stakes. Some translations use the word pegs, but they're stakes. They're stakes in the ground. It's all, talk, it, it's, it's all, the, all the wording there in, two, in verse 2 and 3 is talking about enlarging the place of our tent. You know, who's camped here before? Most of us have probably been to faith camp that was the first time I camped when I went to faith camp, probably about 10 years ago now, something like that, maybe, maybe a bit more. And 
when you build a tent, you, you kind of lay out some ground sheets and stuff and you stick the poles through the material of the tent and then you peg it all down with, with pegs. And the analogy that, that, that God gave me was like, when you, when you peg down your tent, it's, it's that which gives it strength. Um, some years at faith camp, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, we've had bad weather. It's, yeah, not every year. Well, I might be lying there. Most years we have some good weather and we have some bad weather. We have the wind. A few years ago we had it really bad, really strong wind, strong rain, and tents were blowing off all over the place. They were getting pulled out. And people's awnings on their caravans were just going, flying off in the air. And it was kind of a little bit of a, it must have been like a mini kind of hurricane type of thing that happened. And it was just like, things were just flying everywhere. People were kind of um, sleeping in their cars or sleeping in buildings and all sorts of stuff or sleeping in the big kind of marquee tents. But it was all about how, you sh- how your pegs are pegged in as to whether your tent or your, your awning or whatever would stay put. And you had to strengthen these pegs daily. If you, had, if you wanted to keep your tent down, it was like every day, maybe a few times a day. You had to make sure your, your pegs were in, your, your stakes, as it refers to here, were solid in the ground. They were, they were strong. You kind of have to kind of put them in at a bit of an angle so that the, the wind doesn't just, you know, the, pull them away. So as you have your tent, you have these guy ropes, these ropes that, that, that kind of hold it in, in the right position, and then you peg those down. And those pegs have to be in strong or, or your tent's going for a, a holiday somewhere else in the country. Um, but they, they were the things that held it, that ground it in, that kept it solid, kept it firm. And if you know anything about tents as well, the, the way you, you guy rope and you, you, you peg your tent in also prevents the water from getting in because if you stretch the material over the top, it kind of... It's got, you usually have two layers of material on your tent. And if the, the top kind of layer of material is touching the bottom layer, then w- when it rains, the water kind of goes through both of them. Whereas if you've got it all tight and done right and positioned right, then the water kind of just runs off and doesn't come through and wet you while you're sleeping. But it's all about how your tent is grounded. And you can use the analogy of your tent as, as your own life, really. Or, the, or the, your place of where you kind of live, it, but it represents your life. You, we need to be grounded in. How many know that we need, we need strength? We need these points where our, our, our pegs, our stakes are in the rock, in Jesus. They're, they're firmly placed in the ground. They're in a solid foundation. You know, they stop us from drifting away or being moved. They stop us from... From you know, as a, as a real tent, it's, it's, it gives you shelter, it gives you warmth, it gives you protection. And if your if your pegs, your stakes are in solid, you you have that. You have that in your life. If your pe- your pegs aren't in, you know, a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain, um, someone just leaning on your tent or something like that, it just will be moved. And that applies to our lives. We can be moved by things circumstances in life, a bit of blowing of wind in our lives, in our daily lives, at work, at home, with our kids, or wherever, at church, the enemy just kind of pressing on things, our health, 
Oh, you know, just the things of life can just, they're like a bit of wind. They can blow us and we go off and we get, we get agitated. We, we kind of crumble, we fall. You know, our, our, our lives start to shake a bit. Some of us may get blown away completely and, and just find ourselves kind of struggling with stuff. Our anchors need to be in. It's like a mooring, you know, like your, your anchor of a, of a ship goes down. You know, the anchors gets, gets stuck on solid rock right down on the bottom of the ocean, and that, that boat's not going anywhere. Our, our, our pegs, our stakes need to be in. So in that scripture, it says, strengthen your stakes. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now, what exactly are our stakes? And for this, I felt God say to, say to me, your stakes are... Now, now, obviously, the rock, when I'm talking about a rock and our firm foundation and what we're being pinned into, that's we're, we're being plugged into God. We're being, our, our, our stakes need to go down into God, into his word. But in order for that to happen, it's like that's our daily discipline, our daily meeting with God, our daily having that time of receiving from him, having that time of being in his word, having time of worship, having a time of praying. It's our daily structure of pressing into him. Our, our stakes go down when we spend that time with him. And it's like the more time you spend with him and, and the, your daily routine of daily over and over again, just having that time with him, Sometimes it might be in the morning. I know. I mean, the morning's the, probably the best time to have it, but I understand that we're all in different places and some people work shifts and nights and things and you can't always do it in the morning or you're up with kids all night. That can be me sometimes. So, you, you, you know, mornings are difficult, but you have a space in your day that you give to God. You, you make it his time. And that is like hammering down those pegs every day, hammering down those pegs. And I believe that for us personally to grow and to mature and to move forward as well as a church, but personally to grow and to mature, you've got to do that daily. I think growth comes, like that scripture says about enlarging the place of your tent. It's like you hammer those pegs down and then you're, you're, you come from a firm place. Your, your, your life is, is solid in God every day. And then you, you lengthen those cords, you pull out those curtains and you kind of take more ground but then you've got to hammer those hammer those pegs down again and you grow like that but it's all based around hammering those stakes into the ground so you stretch out you expand God does more with you God fills you with more God kind of puts more into you gives you more opportunities opens doors gives you responsibility and you kind of it all has to be anchored in him with that daily coming to him that's how you grow in God. And for some of us that don't feel like we're growing or there's lots of issues going on and there's things happening in our lives, I mean, it doesn't apply to everyone, but have a look at your pegs. Have a look at your stakes. Are they solid daily? Are they being hammered in? Are they getting firm? That's the first place to go to. Is there that daily kind of coming to him, receiving from him, like we did this morning? It's a, it's a time where we need to receive from him just as much as we pray and we, you know, we, we worship and we you know, spend time in his word and get the revelation from his word, it's, it's, it's more a time of, okay, God, 
you know, speak to me. What do you just, just, I want to receive from you. You know that scripture that says those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles, uh, run and not grow weary, I think, walk and not grow faint. It's like that. It's waiting on him daily. We have to do it. We have to do it. If we're not doing it, there will be, we, will, we can be moved. We can be shaken. The enemy can just come at us from different angles and, and just shake us, move us, if those pegs aren't being hammered in daily. Okay. Next week, I'll talk a bit more about how specifically we can do that. Um, but I want to just bring in that, you know, discipline and self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is a fruit, is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And as a fruit of the Spirit, it comes from the Spirit. It's something that God kind of develops in us. He births it in us. He works it out of us. And it's a fruit, and he produces it. So we have to, first of all, want to have the fruit of self-control in our lives. That's where we begin. But God will develop it. He will be the one that, that releases it by his grace in us. But we've got to first desire it. We want to be God. I, I, help me to, to put these things in place in my life. You know, Pastor Clive mentioned last week, I believe it was, he said that you know, anything that God asks us to do, he has already done it and he'll, he will do it in us. He, he knows we need him to, to work it out in us. And that's really important. We need to allow him to work out that self-control in us. Okay. I'm trying to quickly work out how I can squeeze this in. But I'll quickly use another analogy. My brother um, is a professional football player. He plays for Rochdale. And he, you know, we obviously grew up together. And... He became a pro when he was about 19. He got his first contract for playing for a professional team. And, you know, from a young age, we lived in a... Where we lived, we were kind of at the end of a, end of a road. It was like a close. And we had space where we would play football. And there was, a lot of, um, there was a lot of boys down our street. So we used to play... We used to have tons of boys. We used to go outside and play football almost every day literally, if the weather was all right, or actually even in bad weather, we were out there playing football, playing football. And from a young age, he grew up with all of us playing, he played against older kids, you know, I'm six years older than him, and he, we used to play together, and he would learn how to play football from us, and he, it would be a daily thing, daily thing, he would learn, you know, passing, tackling, shooting, you know, crossing, whatever, heading, he, it would be something that over and over and over and over again, he built into his life until he got to an age where, I mean, he had some, it wasn't just about repetitiveness. You have, he has natural ability as well. Um, it's a God-given gift. And he was athletic as well. And he, he was just, he was gifted. But he also, you know, gifting can take you so far, but you've also got to put some work in as well to go to a new level. And he grew up and he he played football and he played for his, you know, school's team and on a Sunday league team. And he progressed and progressed and progressed until he became professional. And it, as a professional, you, and even when he was younger playing for di- different teams, you train more than you actually do the matches. You put more time in, like he would train every day of the week and then you play your match on a Saturday or a Tuesday. And 
you spend more time training and training and training and going over the basics and going over the fundamentals over and over and over and over again. And that applies to many other, you know, trades and professions. You, go, you need to know the fundamentals and do the fundamentals to be able to progress and to become professional and to become good at what you do. And really, the difference between a professional and an amateur, and I guess you can apply it to our, our spiritual walk as well, the difference between a mature person and an immature person is consistency. It's a professional football player is able to operate at a consistent level all the time, you know, 99% of the time, especially if you're Arsenal. Uh, you, you, not all the time, but you, you're able to be consistent, 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 doing the fundamentals over and over again. So they listen to their coach, they listen to their, you know, their, their team kind of people that do strategy and, and work out the game plans and all of that. But they have to do the fundamentals in the game. It's, it's all passing, ball control, you know. And it's, this, it's similar for us. We've got to learn how to do the basics before God uses us in greater dimensions. If we, we need to have those fundamental, those daily things that we put into our life. It's like daily training. And that's actually what being a disciple is all about, really. A disciple is someone who follows the teacher. They, they're a follower of the teacher, so we're disciples of Jesus. We follow him as our, our Lord, our God, our master, our teacher. You follow someone. And on the football pitch, that's what they do. They follow their coach. They're kind of like disciples of their coach. And discipleship is all about following Jesus. That's, that's what we signed up for. You know, we gave our lives to him they belong to him and you know he lived differently he had to live differently to to progress to where he got to my brother you know his mates were out drinking and doing drugs and clubbing and doing whatever else and he couldn't go out with them because he was like you know I I can't go out tonight because tomorrow I'm playing football you know he had to eat differently he had to live differently he had to just sacrifice certain things in his life to be able to progress to that level. And it's the same for us in our maturity that there's things that we have to sometimes lay down to be able to leave space for God in our lives. Does that, does that make sense? That you have to kind of just make priorities. What, what is our priority in our lives? Who is, who is our priority? You know, there's things that we just have to put down Otherwise, there is no space in our day for him. Okay. I'm just going to share this scripture with you before I finish. This is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get the crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body, which I believe is discipline. Paul's talking about discipline in himself there. And I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I don't know if you've got that up, Chris, if, if you can, it's all right. 
otherwise flick to it. It's 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. It's important that we really get an understanding of what Paul's saying here. Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. He's talking about strict training. That's what he's applying to us. I don't know if sometimes we think as believers that we don't have to kind of... I know, I mean, I know we've, we've had the grace message come in, in a wrong way come into our, into our church in Crawley. And sometimes the grace, sometimes that message said something about where you, you don't really have to do everything. God will do everything for you. And that was the essence of the message. And it wasn't quite right. There is a lot God does do in you and through you and for you. But there's still things that you've got to do yourself. There's no, there's no escaping it. If you lie in bed in the morning and you don't set your alarm to get up, guess what? You know, God's not just going to drag you out of bed and get you praying and getting you meeting with him. Yeah, he'll give you uh, grace to get up. And I, I believe also, you know, God does help you. He does help us. But we've still got to get out of physically move ourselves out of bed. We've, there's things that we have to do. And Paul talks about going into strict training you know, that, that's, that's the word of God. He puts himself in strict training to get, the, to get the prize, to get the crown. You know, there's things that we have to place in our lives. And like he talks about striking a blow to his body. Now, I don't know if he really struck a blow to his body. Maybe he did. I don't know. Um, but I believe that talks about discipline. He, I, I make sure I'm up in the morning. I make sure I've got that time available. I make sure that I, I give time to receive from God. I put my stakes in. I put my pegs in. I make sure I do it. You know, and I know that we, you know, just by self-determination, it's not going to, everything's not going to just happen. We need, this, we need God's spirit to work those things in us. But there's got to be, we're in cooperation with God's spirit. We allow him to do, you know, we, we've got a desire and we've got to allow him to work those things through us and in us. If we don't, they, just, they won't happen. The Christian life is quite, it's like God's done everything. He's put everything out there for us. He's laid a table before us in the presence of our enemies and all of that. He's made it all available. But you've got to still take you, you, and eat and receive and go to him. It doesn't just automatically work. There's things we have to do. And Paul here talks about putting ourselves in strict training to get the crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I strike a blow to my body to make it a slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And God obviously massively used Paul, and he had things in his life where he said, this is, this is the way I want to live. This is the priorities I'm putting in my life to give Jesus the space so that I live in such a way that allows him to work through me and allows me to grow. This is all about maturity and growth. Okay. Um, there is a song I want to play. I know we're running out of time. Um, but we'll put it on. And just, it's, it lasts about five minutes. But it's just an invitation to come into a deeper place of, relationship with him this is all about passion it's all about desire if we just stand to our feet I want us to just pray before we listen to this this song that we I mean you can only do this individually it's 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 your it's up to you 
But I believe we need to just pray and say, God, give me that desire for you, that passion for you. Give me a fresh fire in my heart to, to want you. Because it's all about him. I love the worship this morning. It's just all about him. It's all about Jesus. We've got to have that desire. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. We need to allow God's spirit to just work that, that heart, that hunger, that thirst for him. So many of you probably wouldn't have heard this song before if you know it. You know, sing along to it. If not, just listen to it. Just let it minister to you. But it's an invitation to come deeper, to thirst, to hunger, to come to him. Okay, if we could run that video. Thank you, Jesus. Just got a quick scripture from Revelation 21 again. And it said, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And from the scripture we, we read before in verse 6, he said, he said to me, it is done, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of living water. That song was a an invitation to come. He wants to meet with us probably more than we want to meet with him. Let's give him that space, give him that time. Let's start off afresh, even from today or tomorrow, and start making room for him in our lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.